It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Carrie and Larissa. Hi, welcome to the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast. I'm your host, Carrie. Hey, yes, Carrie, and I'm Larissa. And oh my God, I'm so excited about today. Lots of stuff to cover. We cannot start the podcast without congratulating Princess Beatrice on the birth of her daughter. Breaking news coming to us from Buckingham Palace. Uh, Princess Beatrice has had her baby. Um, They announced that uh, she had the child on Saturday evening at about quarter to midnight at the Chelsea and Westminster Hospital in London. She's had a little girl. The baby weighs six pounds and two ounces. the baby's grandparents, that is, of course, uh, Prince Andrew and Sarah Ferguson, and great-grandparents, which includes the Queen, have all apparently been informed and are delighted with the news. Uh, they would like to thank the staff and hosp- at, the, at the Chelsea and Westminster for their wonderful care. Happy, happy baby. I almost named one of my children that name that she picked. What's, I, look at me. I just already forgot the name. Sienna Elizabeth, but we also drove a Toyota Sienna. So that would have not worked. (laughs) And supposedly a source close to Sarah Ferguson said that it was actually named after her because their names both start with S. That is some shit my mom would pull out of her ass too. (laughs) I named you this name because it begins with my first name. The first letter begins with (laughs) my name. Do you think uh, mozzarella is going to slow down with his ex? Or do you think this is just like, oh, I had a baby. I'm going to still. Oh, it uh, keeps her at home now. She's occupied now. She can watch both kids while he hangs out. She can <laughs> babysit for them. Mozzi. Eduardo Mozzi. Is it Eduardo? It is Eduardo. Uh, Mozzi. Can Edo. Edo. Yeah. Edo. Oh, my God. Yeah, she can watch Wolfie and Sienna now for him. And then did you see our couple of the moment? Harry and Meghan made the cover of Time with their hairdresser picture. This is a very odd picture, by the way. I love, yes. Uh, yeah, it was, let's make, take a picture like we're mother and son together. <laughs> Australia just, Australian news, like Sky News, just <laughs> literally spent five minutes ripping that picture apart. Now, Daisy, tell us about our two favourites. Speaking of hypocrites, I mean, there's no shortage here on the left of them, but these two doozies, Megan and Harry. Oh, yes. Well, the latest is that Meghan Markle and Harry the Prodigal Prince have been named on Time magazine's list of 100 most influential people. So that's a joke in itself. But if you look at the cover there, uh, you'll see that Harry is uh, crouching down in a sort of diminutive position, which was a a deliberate (laughs) choice to allegedly represent the the equalness of their relationship. The Uh. problem is that it simply has the effect of making him look like Meghan Markle's hairdresser. I mean, it's interesting. Um, I would not have chosen that picture. The interior pictures were better with uh, him in the olive suit. That picture was a little strange. It looked like he was, you know, saying, okay, we're going to add a few highlights here. And then if we give it some body at the crown, we can, you know, trim the ends and make it a real good day to night look with the hair yeah, yeah it was weird yeah, you're there. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, Nat, let's talk about Harry and Meghan because they've been named in Time magazine's list of the 100 most influential people. They star on the cover of the magazine. Um, what can you tell us? Look, a lot has been made about this cover of Harry and Meghan, the one where the Duchess is wearing white. <laughs> Some people are comparing that photograph to uh, Harry looking like a hairdresser. <laughs> so, the worst. Uh, looking at his work with uh, Meghan's luscious locks. But look, interestingly, they're actually um, dressed in what many people are dubbing like a power couple of the ultra-wealthy. Uh, Meghan's wearing an outfit... <laughs> from The Row, which is actually a, a label that was created by the Olsen twins, Mary-Kate and Ashley. And it look, is their first joint magazine cover uh, on Time magazine. As you said, they are being labelled as among 100 of the nah, world. somebody approved most... this photo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they nah, certainly nah, did. Nah, look, sorry nah. to interrupt. Um, Joe Bailey just called. He wants his pose back. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think? I mean, I think they look like Madame well, Bring up the photo, bring up the photo again, just bring up the photo. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to just put some highlights to the back here. And I think if we push it forward, it really does bring out your Run your eyes. fingers all the way to the end. All the way through here, and you're good to go. Mm. You're good to bring down it's, the monarchy. It's pretty shocking. I think that even people that were are fans of them still kind of question that photo. That That's yeah. when you know, even when your fans are like, I love you, hon, but... Oh. Their trip to New York uh, just took place, and that was it was a lot of heavy clothing and some warm weather. Why um, do you think she wore all that clothing? Was it because is it because oh. they she they said that she was trying to pad up to look like she just had a baby? Because there's all those rumors of the surrogacy, or do you think that it's almost like when you're filming a movie, like right now Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell are filming a Christmas movie in Boston and they're making it look like it's Christmas. I was really, really surprised by her. And this is no shade. I'm not being a, ha I am a hater, a hater make hate. Mm -hmm. I am Petty Roosevelt all the way. <laughs> However, in this case, I am very like, I don't know the fashion choices. I mean, some of them, they were comparing her to um, Michelle Obama. My apologies. The last episode, I called her just Michelle, like where on first name basis is no, <laughs> and no insult was intended. However, I don't know where did the fashion choices come from? I don't well, know. I also heard a little, you know, there are a couple of photos of them with mic packs on. And there's a camera around them. So I'm wondering if they're filming a documentary for Netflix and she needed that extra layer to conceal the microphones, the mic. Yeah. So maybe that's it. I have no idea. I just know that they took another private jet to New York, which I'm like, guys, okay, you got to practice what you preach. You're into sustainability. You're into, you know, you're into green green travel, all that stuff. It's just the two of you. You don't have the kids. You don't have a newborn with you. Just fly business or something. You have enough money for business. I mean, I don't see it as a security issue anymore because A, the kids aren't with them. B, he's really not in succession to the crown, by the way. So just fucking, excuse me. I just Sorry. don't understand why they did a tour as if they were still the royal family of New York. You don't even see former presidents presidences <laughs> really great grandmother presidences yeah you don't see former presidents do that you don't see bill gates do that you don't i don't understand that portion of it and i don't understand 
is she doing a makeup deal because the person that owned that jet is the one that did Cindy Crawford's is she, uh, is, do you think they're going to come out with a makeup or skincare line? They're going to come out with everything they could possibly come out with. I know they did give $25,000 to a chicken and waffle house, which was nice uh, in New York. They did the vaccine initiative benefit or drive. Well, I mean, you know, it's a noble cause. It's a good cause, but I feel that the U.S. is already on that. I feel that we are mm-hmm. uh, letting other countries have vaccines. So I, I think they're, they would be put to better use. And this is the funny thing. No one's putting them to use. They're making these, these decisions on their own. I think it would be better if they stuck to their, you know, education, poverty, like just stick with that pick one and stick with it and ride it till she bucks yeah but now it's just, they're kind of spread all over the place she they were saying that uh you know harry seems not bored in montecito but there's nothing to do i'm like you guys you have all these development deals you if i even have one development deal i am in the office every day probably till eight or nine at night i can't imagine how many shows they have in the mill right now and how can you be bored I don't know how he, if he's that emasculated, because if you think about it, right in when he was in the UK, he went through military schools and all that. So obviously he had a group of friends. Then he joined the military again. It's a very tight knit uh, masculine organization. Again, I was in the military. It's not all masculine, but I'm just saying he was in the trenches. He was a helicopter pilot where predominantly it is males on the front line. Okay. Yes. Then, then he um, came back. They have their tight, tight knit group of friends that basically have been vetted by the palace that they can trust. They're all come from similar backgrounds and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know how that type of dynamic works. Then when you, at first it's fun to be on vacation in California, but at Mm -hmm you know, he followed her and he's the family man. She got all of her notebooks said, you know, Duchess of Sussex and his just says Archie's Papa. You know, he's just now like, that's his only role and a reminder of like what you're going to lose if you lose, leave me. Yeah. Oh God. How, how you can only follow your wife around so much where you're like, get a, get a hot. Yeah. Like, or you're like, get a hobby. Like one of the things that I think attracted her to him was the life he had in England. And eventually that shine kind of loses that shine because we all love yeah. the idea of somebody. I, I, myself included, I've gone out with people where I'm like, Oh, they sound like a great idea. You know? Yeah. That's part and of then the you alert. actually execute it. And you're like, Oh wait, you were different when you had your circle of friends around you, when you had your family around you. But I think her goal was kind of to separate him from that. So she could kind of push her initiative. I'm not saying she's like a, I'm not saying she's, a royal wrecker or anything, but it just makes their goals of earning their own money and doing their own deals a bit more possible when you're separated from family and friends and you have only your initiative to Mm -hmm. focus on. And I'm hoping that new initiative is raising those adorable kids, but I have a feeling it's more about creating so many different, I mean, you know, there's going to be textiles, makeup, books, uh, program. She wants the Oprah brand. She wants the 
Magnolia which took years, which took years to build up. You have one thing and then they have yeah. the offshoots. You don't take on all of it. And I wonder sometimes if that's why they broke away from the palace. Cause I really thought that she really wanted that life until the, I think the palace said, no, you can't commercialize this. Yes. You can't, you can't wear your friend's brands and, and, and all that. And that's when I think she didn't, it didn't look, cause I mean, we're Americans through and through. We always look at everything like a brand or as capitalism and an enterprise, like, well, yeah, you know, and, and suddenly, and again, I might sound like I'm team Megan by saying this, but if you're, if, if I'm working for this company or I worked in the government and suddenly all these doors are opened up to me in my prior chosen career field of AKA acting or medical or whatnot. And suddenly I have all these opportunities and I can reach this level of success. I didn't have before opportunities. It'd be really hard. Like I finally get to sit at the big boy table and I can't sit there because I'm being told I can't use my rank to do that. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I'd jump on it, but at the same time, I wouldn't preach the, I wouldn't be a hypocrite about it. Like the Kardashians take private jets. JLo takes private jets. But none of them are saying we should be green. We shouldn't uh, put so many emissions in the air. We should sustainability. I don't see any of them getting on their soapbox about that when that is primarily the goal of Megan and Harry. Megan and Harry. Harry. Megan and Harry. <laughs> um, about sustainability, green this, green that. I love it, but preach it, practice it, and preach it. Do it. See something, say something, practice, preach, measure twice cut once which our contractors in our backyard are not doing they're <laughs> fucking cutting 15 times and measuring once okay i got off my soapbox so you know i think with megan she's used to since she was uh, an actress and an influencer before she was used to getting all these brands and kind of you know uh pumping them up and so that's just part of her that's part of her fabric yeah um Influencers do have an influence on people, by the way. Um, A sad influencer story that I would like to talk about, which is in the news, it's in the headlines everywhere, is Gabby Petito. I am going to give you a little background and just rehash everything that has been reported on the Gabby Petito case that's going on currently because they still have not found her boyfriend or fiance, actually. So Gabby Petito was a 22-year-old travel influencer. And I think what is interesting is people didn't realize that she had 1.3 million followers. Oh, I did not realize that. Travel vlog. Yeah, she was actually pretty popular. I have a Um, friend who was shown on UK Daily Mail as a travel blogger. Oh, wow. That's very cool. Yeah, no, she, she reached a lot of people. Uh, So she was 22 years old. Uh, She was working as a pharmacy technician to raise enough money to go cross country with her 23-year-old fiancé, Brian Laundrie. Now, she's originally from Blue Point, New York, and she met him in high school in Blue Point, New York. But somewhere along the lines, they moved down to Florida with his family. So they were living with his parents. And they were engaged. Then they decided to go on this cross country. They've been planning this for about a year, year and a half, this cross country tour in their Ford Transit van, a van life thing. So they started traveling cross country together. Can I interrupt real quick and just say one quick thing? I may be old, but when I saw the picture of their van, 
I don't think I want to live in a van. <laughs> like no. it looks really cute in the pictures and I'm we hard it and Instagram and stuff, but I don't think that life is for me. It's too tiny. No, you would enjoy the RV life, which we will do one day. We will. We're going to do that next year. Because they have real beds and you don't have to sleep in the tent. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not big on the tent. So on July 20, on July 2nd, 2021, they left from Long Island, which is weird. They lived in Florida. They went back up to Long Island. I don't know. They were back and forth on the Eastern seaboard. So they left from Long Island and they would be going to national parks along their way, you know, like in the Midwest, in the Midwest and the West. Her most recent Instagram post was on August 25th. That's the last time anyone heard from her. And I think she even texted her mom something like no reception in Yosemite. So on August 12th, police in Moab, Utah, responded to a report from an onlooker that Laundry had slapped Petito. But when they actually pulled them over, Petito was saying, no, no, I slapped him first. You know, he was justified in doing what he did. I, I'm sorry. I was, you know, I was causing him to swerve on there. She was sobbing in tears and totally the type of person, you know, the, the battered wife or the battered girlfriend syndrome where she's trying to justify mm -hmm. his actions to her. Like, oh, no, 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 I brought it on. So she's sobbing. The police are saying, okay, well, um, we're going to separate you guys for the night. So when the 911 caller said they saw Petito slap Laundrie across the face during a fight over a phone and then climbed through the van's window as if Laundrie had locked her out. When police pulled them over, Petito was crying uncontrollably per a police report. At no point in my investigation did Gabrielle stop crying, breathing heavily, or compose a sentence without needing to wipe away tears, wipe her nose, or rub her knees with her hands. Laundry told the officer that so much time together inside the van had created emotional strain. That led to them to fight more, while Petito reported serious anxiety made worse by little arguments she and Brian had been having all day. Uh, we drove by and the gentleman was slapping the girl. Who's slapping her? A newly released 911 phone call sheds a light on what others witnessed at the end of a month-long cross-country trip and clearly a stressed relationship. Gabby Petito and her fiancé Brian Laundrie spent the month of July on a cross-country sightseeing tour. A 911 call just obtained from August 12th is the first indication something was wrong when a man in Mohawk, Utah told dispatchers he saw Brian slapping her. Uh, we drove by and the gentleman was slapping the girl. He was slapping her? Yes, and then we stopped. They ran up and down the sidewalk. He proceeded to hit her, hopped in the car, and they drove off. Okay, you said uh, it's a white van? Laundry told police that Gabby hit him with her phone and grabbed the van's steering wheel to make him pull over as police followed them. You were hitting him in the arm? Did you grab the steering wheel? You did not touch the steering wheel. The two were separated for the night and no charges were ever filed. On August 19th, a now eerie video was posted to YouTube detailing their van life journey. Gabby Petito never goes outside. Giving a glimpse into their life on the road. On August 25th, Gabby posted her final Instagram photo from Utah. Laundry, meanwhile, said Petito became manic from her fear that he would strand her in the desert. During their argument, Petito scratched Laundry's face and arms, but per the report, they are in love and engaged to be married and desperately didn't want to see anyone charged with the crime. Laundry said he felt safe and did not appear to have hurt Petito physically. So 
they separated him for the night. But if you look at the footage that I saw on Australia's 60 Minutes, like the cops are fist bumping this guy as he's, you know, getting ready to drive away. Just like, oh. And how do you separate them for the night at like a campground? What did he do? Go, I don't like- know where they put her. I have no idea. So the police label that incident as a mental emotional break rather, rather than a domestic assault. And it says that laundry had the witnesses say that laundry grabbed her face really tight and then pushed her back. See, so I had some calls that were made to my house based upon, could it be a domestic or could it be emotional break? You know, Mm -hmm. when I was dealing with the, the teen years, it's, difficult for cops to have to judge that because they're not bringing in like pet teams or whatever. But yeah, the fact that if that's true, what you just said about the fist bump, that is really derogatory to a man, to a female or a male or any to me is unprofessional. In my opinion, and I would be interested, they, they have actually people that have done the body language uh, analysis already on this scene from the body cams. In my opinion, it's like, dude, yeah, your girl's crazy. We're going to take away, take her away from that. They see the scratches on the face and they automatically think, oh, crazy woman. You know, it's just, it's so disturbing to me. Yeah, that that's very upset. That's really upsetting to me. You know, they show it. That's the only place they show it. I was not able to find it in any U.S. coverage. I only found it in the Australia coverage. As you do. That's why I get... So many people, specifically one, is always like, all you do is read UK or Australia. And I'm like, that's because I get more things they from them. They aren't afraid of the litigation. Like, they don't have the, this is going to be a huge trial. And his parents may be even drug in as accessories. We're getting to that part. So after this dispute, Laundry flies back to Florida for four days before returning back to Gabby um, on August 17th. Uh, he re- oh, wait, so, so he left on August 17th and he returned back to Moab, Utah on August 23rd, four days before Petito was last seen. According to Bertolini, this is the, their lawyer, the family laundry family lawyer, laundry flew to Florida to get some supplies and close a storage unit to save money, which why can't you have your parents do that? He stayed at his parents' house in Fort Lauderdale. He and Petito were thinking about extending their trip road trip. Petito, Petito's last video, she chatted with her mother, mother on August 23rd or 24th and was last seen on August 27th. So on August 27th, she was seen in Wyoming. There's this couple that had seen Laundry and Petito in this restaurant. And for some reason, they were having a big argument and laundry was being really like uh, abusive to the hostess, not hitting or anything, but really verbally abusive to the hostess at the restaurant. So they were having this big fight and the couple were like, that's that girl from the, from the video. A, a couple of weeks later, when they realized she was missing and saw the videos of the couple, they're like, oh my God, those are the people we saw in Wyoming having the big fight. So Laundry returned home to in the couple's 2012 Ford Transit van without Petito on September 1st, right? So we're in September now. They, the last sighting of them was in like near the Grand Tetons in Wyoming on August 27th. On September 1st, they return. The parents have not heard from their daughter, Gabby, in quite a while now. So they're calling 
Brian leaving messages. He won't return the calls. He won't talk to them, won't talk to anyone. Finally, on September 11th, they file a missing persons report. And that's when the hunt comes down to the police trying to talk to him. And he's kind of a person of interest in the story. Now, on August 27th, the Bethune family, which is another travel vlogging family, was shooting video going down this road in the Grand Teton National Forest, right? And they're shooting out their front window, point of view, and they see this white van on the side. And as she's going through her footage, by now it's kind of national news that this woman is missing and the boyfriend's back. They immediately report this to the authorities. And that really is a key, crucial piece of evidence because after that they found her body i believe on september 19th not far from where that van was parked in in the i guess it's called the i forgot it's it's near the grand tetons it's in wyoming there's a special name for the park i forgot what it is uh but they did find her body and then a few days later they determined that it was a homicide so of course, he's not speaking to anyone. He's got a lawyer. Oh, Bridger Teton National Forest in Wyoming is where she was found. So he's not speaking to anyone. He, Brian Laundrie, disappears between September 13th through 17th. And his parents say he is camping in the Carlton Reserve in Florida. So before that, there's been some reports that he actually went camping with his parents before that date, before the 13th. For a few days. So Brian Laundrie's parents last saw him on September 13th and not the following day as they originally told police. So there's a gray area. They told the police some one date and then later changed that. So mm-hmm. there's some discussion about whether they gave him a week head start to get out of Dodge, which I believe they did, because it says they went on a family com- camping trip. And then he went off on his own camping trip and he went to this reserve in Florida, which the Carlton Reserve in Florida, which is absolutely alligator ridden. It's it's big, but it's not so big that they couldn't have found him by now. I mean, they've got infrared heat sensors and everything. So there's some discussion as to whether or not the parents are actually, uh, you know, in on this. Uh, it says that his parents went on a camping trip at Fort DeSoto Park from September 1st through 3rd and September 6th through 8th. On the later visit, only the parents left. Apparently, September 1st through 3rd, right when he got back, they all went on a little camping, you know, two, three-day adventure. And then they came back and then left again by themselves on the 6th through 8th. So whether they're like taking him someplace? Yeah, it sounds like they did. But the only thing is about that is eventually you're going to get caught. And if this guy did have mental health issues, which I heard he was hearing voices or acting erratically, Mm -hmm. you are also probably going to hurt yourself. So at the end of the day, why are you going to give them the head start? Because they're going to get caught at some point, except for, do you remember the case of that guy, all American, good looking kid? I think it was Connecticut. And in high school, he got accused of raping several girls Mm -hmm. and his parents basically paid for him just to ski the Alps until they like ran out of money and he got caught. Yes. How long are you going to be on the run? 
Well, then on October 7th, a hiker named Dennis Davis claims to have seen and talked to Brian Laundrie on the Appalachian Trail. So this guy was driving up to meet his family and it was 1230 in the morning and he saw this car making a three point turn or no, he was turning around to make a three point turn and the car that was coming the other direction flashed him to say, it's okay if you make your three point turn because it was a little two lane road. And after he makes a turn, the guy in the other car rolls down his window and waves at him to slow down. And he's like, yeah, can I help you with something? He goes, and the other guy was like, oh, you know, I'm trying to get to California, which this guy was like, this is really weird. This is really yeah. uncharacteristic. You're on a two lane road. This road is not going to get you to California. And he's like, I had a fight with my girlfriend and now I have to go see her and I need to get to California. And the guy said he just seemed out of it and weird and kind of tweaked out and 1230 in the morning trying to get to California the guy's like well there's a major highway about four miles from here and that takes yeah. you straight to the west coast I mean they're they're in the um Appalachian Trail that's on the complete opposite <laughs> side of the country I'm like it's not like you're trying to find the 7-eleven a mile away you know so yeah. this guy swears it was him absolutely swears it was him calls the FBI he has a car though he thinks he has a car a Ford F-150 truck that was newer. So I'm like, I mean, his parents could have taken off with him and bought a truck in their name and told him, get the F out of Dodge. But I, do, I, I don't, don't know. understand why he would stop anyone in the middle of the night. There's a lot of people that look like this guy. This guy looks super. Well, her stepdad on Dr. Phil the other day is has an uncanny resemblance to him. Did you see that? Watch the Dr. Phil interview and her yeah, stepdad no. looks creepily like him you do know at least his parents have said he did come home none of you saw him in the house but you know his parents said he came home well the, the van had to get there somehow he that's right he, he the van got there and whatever happened with his parents after that i don't know but you can only speculate we don't know yeah I, I honestly don't know and to be honest with you they probably wouldn't tell the truth to begin with so whatever. joe and nicole both called roberta yeah. asking if not just called yeah, and text. text Roberta any phone number I get for that family phone, uh, there was uh, there were a couple numbers for the police mom. officers called her detectives called her but you all called yes oh we called you called yes. you called you called I can't tell you how many times she called she, you he, called he, and you he called. called and what was what did you get no response voicemails nothing voicemails no. and then I would send texts on top of that no response one of the texts I mean I we're going to call the, the police right you know just letting you know because we have no idea no responses. No, a normal parent, when you text someone that they're going to call the cops because you can't find your child, they would reply. Nothing. No response. No nothing. But my sister hikes the Appalachian Trail a lot in New York. I grew up in New York, and the trail is like right goes right through where we lived. So yeah. my sister hikes it a lot with her with the dogs, and so she's always like, "Carrie, there are some characters on the trail." Oh my god! Yeah, she's wow. like you. She's like, yeah. There's some characters. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna find her a homicide. Yeah. So the the cause of death is still under investigation. I mean, they found her. I don't know if they're gonna find him. I'm sure, at one point they will find him. It says that on September 23rd, FBI issues an arrest warrant for laundry for use of unauthorized access device for fraudulently using a Capital One bank debit card that was not his. So that's the only thing they really have him on right now. 
uh, I spent a thousand dollars. Dog the Bounty Hunter has joined the search, which is a cry for popularity. Yeah. So, and Walsh, Walsh guy. Walsh was saying he could be in Mexico, but I mean, I don't know. Dog the Bounty Hunter brought up an interesting point. If they have, a, you know, a white guy in Mexico who doesn't speak English, this high profile case, the, the cartel is going to be finding before anyone and, you know, a ransom is going to be held yeah. over his head you could get lost in belize you could get lost there's yeah there's a whole there's expats there and stuff but you could get lost you know if you're in a rural area so they did have a funeral for her on september 26th you know they're still on the search for this guy who knows if they'll find him who knows when they'll find him i think they will find him it's just a matter of time and will they find him dead or alive will he kill himself yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, and when you kill yourself in the, I mean, they just found another hiker yeah, himself you, with, yeah, from her. Not far from where she was found. That was it. Do you know that guy had a 12 and 15 year old children? I know. Do you think it was really suicide or do you think laundry had anything do, to do with I it? I mean, there, there's also a fire girl that in the Shenandoah here, I don't know what fire woman, fireman, <laughs> who killed herself here in Shenandoah too. And it took some time mm-hmm. for them to find her. Like her car was just abandoned. Like it's very hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole, whole park out in Japan where people go and kill themselves. Yeah. Kill themselves. Yeah. I, I think it's really hard if you have, I mean, I understand you're in nature and you are whatever higher power you believe it. you're going, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're in this setting to, to end your life and take your pain. But it's really hard on the families because you might never be found. There's so many people exactly. that go missing in nature. This is all I do is read Charlie Project and look at all these people that did they go missing in nature? What's the deal? We will get to that. There's a whole deaths, murders, missing people in national parks, which I think we should dedicate an yes, episode to. I one think day. so too. So that's what I had today. What are you up to? So I have a couple uh, stories that caught my eye. One, oh, of one them- more thing. Hold on, mm-hmm. one thing. The father of Brian Laundrie offered to go help find him in the Carlton Reserve in Florida to show the authorities. This whole time, he's never offered. And a few days ago, he offered to go help them to tell them which trails he liked. That's interesting. After the Dr. Phil thing came out. Or maybe he's like, uh, yeah, now I know my son's not there, so I'll go with you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, so speaking of social media, a couple stories caught my eye. One of them in particular because I have a little bit of a interest in China. One time Jess and I were actually speaking about this from what was her unfiltered blonde. I always think of her as the real housewife of the West side, but um, <laughs> yeah. How they did or- organ harvesting from their prisoners. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the next one that recently came out, which I'm very fascinated by is China's war on celebs. This was in page six. China's war on celebs scandal hit stars or social tumors. So basically just like in America, we're very in tune with our celebrities. Uh, This was also in UK daily mail too, but they are starting to kind of tackle some of the people that either are scandal ridden, or I think have too much social clout because over there, it's kind of like everybody's supposed to be equal. We're comrades in the party and so yeah. forth. So the headline on this one was scandal hit stars are deemed social tumors with billionaire actress wiped from the internet as state media praises return to communist party's original mission. 
On the night of August 26th, star Vicky Zhao was suddenly banned from the entire internet by the Chinese Communist Party, or CCP. Authorities shelved many of her starring roles and deleted her name and works from film and television websites. At the same time, several fan groups of well-known star Zanilia Zhao were suspended, Taiwanese actress Ruby Lin's studio was deregistered, and Zheng Xuan was fined RMB 299 million for tax evasion. These stories, among other things, stormed onto mainland China's hot search list one after another. From August 27th to 28th, China's Internet Information Office, the website of the Central Commission for Discipline, Inspection, and State Supervision, and major official media outlets, published articles criticizing the incessant negative press in the entertainment industry. They said that celebrities should not step on the red line, otherwise their acting career would be over. So there was a particular actress, I'm not going to attempt to say her name, uh, Z-H-A-O-W-E-I. So, uh, Shall we? Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> I, I know no Way. Yeah, I remember A Good Earth. I think that's how you say Way, the last name. Her films and TV shows were wiped from streaming services this week. She was fined $46 million for tax evasion on Friday. And the Communist Party appears to be targeting. Yeah. $46 million? Yeah. Doll hairs? Yes. American? You, holy yes. crap. Yeah, so they find her. They appear to be targeting misbehaving celebrities. Comes amid broader crackdown on wealthy elite, particularly in the big tech sector. And they are la- they're saying that Beijing is launching a newer version of, of Mao Zedong's Cultural Revolution, which Stop. I read some pretty interesting books on those, which, by the way, some craziness went down during the... It's not, it was not about culture as what we think. It was not like arts and crafts going on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it really was not. It was not. But I find this so interesting because they're going after some of the billionaire tech firms. Like these people all have money. And usually like in America, if you have money, you lobby the government, you have these agenda, you have this power, but they're actually going to remove the power from some of these people. So, I mean, like the, they're going after the billionaire tech firm CEOs how and everything. Can they re- they're not, they can't take their money. So well, what, she just got $46 million. Dollars. But I mean, they, they have to collect it from her. How are they going to do that? So they have a list of misbehaving celebrities who have allegedly been blacklisted by Beijing. And another one was a Chinese Canadian pop star, Chris Wu, who was arrested on suspicion of rape this month. It comes after Jack Ma... M.A., the billionaire owner of Alibaba, which you know that site, disappeared for three months and had his firms restricted. He just disappeared. His latest venture, Ant Group, had been trying to revolutionize Chinese banking, and Ma had criticized the country's traditional financial system. And also, the owner of Didi, which is the Chinese Uber, was pulled from app stores for courting foreign investment, while video game developer Tencent was accused of poisoning children with spiritual opium. They're coming after them hard. The tech sector accounts for almost a third of China's economy, but the government crackdown on big tech has wiped an estimated $1.2 trillion off the market. So even like talking about China, sometimes I get a little worried and North Korea, I always get a little worried on the podcast. So I definitely, this is my disclaimer. I mean, no ill intent against China. I'm just very fascinated sometimes by what you can do in such a big country with so many people. 
and how big government is. I'm very fascinated. And this is no Facebook whistleblower incident on no CT. Children were this week banned from playing online games for more than three hours a week in a further blow to the colossal video game companies. Control that though. Oh, so at like three, so they know you're on, which is like, okay, they know you're on Fortnite. And at three hours, they just shut down your IP address and you can't play anymore. Oh my God. That's how I'm thinking how they're doing it because how else can they monitor that? I think literally you probably get shut down. They know IP addresses. Oh my God. And people in our neighborhood talk about us being communists for wanting to wear masks in grocery stores. I'm like, no people, you don't get it. No, a researcher for the Development Research Center for the State Council told the committee about this. If capitalism should be allowed to expand unchecked in the cultural realm, art and culture will lose the function of serving the people and serving socialism and the Chinese nation will lose its spiritual home. Wow. 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 That's fascinating. That was very interesting find it interesting in particular that they're going after social media influencers. That'd be like our government going after like Brad Pitt or going after Elon Musk. Yeah. I mean, and, and there is a class of Asian, like if you look at crazy rich Asians, I mean, they have, they definitely have an upper class that is way beyond. I mean, it's like, it rivals the Saudi empire, you know, the money, the wealth, this upper class. So yeah, there's definitely a, a portion that's getting uber rich and a portion that will just stay at the bottom. And that's not the plan they have in mind. Yeah, so I'm just very fascinated by that. Um, another topic that I thought was uh, interesting, and I've actually been following it for several years, especially when I heard the tape of Brooke Mueller, is the situation with Charlie Sheen this week. Oh, yeah, that is fascinating because the daughter, you know, Denise's daughter, their oldest daughter, Sammy, I believe, said that it, her house is a house of horrors. There's animals everywhere, uh, too many rules with her husband, Piper, or whatever his last name is, and Denise. So, yeah, get into that. Tell me, tell me, give me the scoop. Okay, so just to give you some background, Charlie Sheen had children via chemical selection to have boys with Brooke Mueller. Brooke Mueller, actually, let me even backtrack farther. Denise Richards and Charlie Sheen, I can say this from memory. That's how bad this is. Okay. But I know this story that well. They got married in the early 2000s. Charlie Sheen actually already had a daughter from an even younger relationship. She's like fully grown. I think he's like a grandfather now. So they have two children, uh, Sammy and Lola. I want to say Charlie and Lola. Lola, they have two children back to back. He was sober at the time. It started going into his online addictions, pornography, gambling, all that. They break up. He gets together with Brooke Mueller. Brooke Mueller is a socialite into real estate. Her family comes from a good family. However, by the way, yeah, that spiral would not happen if he were in China. Okay, go on. Oh, I know for real. He would have just disappeared and didn't come back. So he marries Brooke Mueller. They had children by genetic selection, gender selection, because he wanted boys or whatnot. However, they're both two, basically two crackheads. She's gone through rehab after rehab after rehab. During one of these rehab stints, her boys, her twin boys went to stay with Denise. She took care of the siblings. So Denise has been a rock star ex-wife. She allowed Charlie to see the girl, went to New York so they could spend Thanksgiving together, even though he had prostitutes or porn stars him when he had his angels like she tried to always give like kind of 
keep the door open to him so that there could be some sort of semblance of normalcy. But, you know, she did the best she could. What gets you up in the morning? What makes you want to embrace the day and stay clean and enjoy your Hello. life? Hello. Um, my, my family, my, my beautiful, perfect, lovely family. That just uh, It's just pure magic. And I, I keep looking around and going, wow, not only do I deserve this, but it's like it's on. What is on is Charlie Sheen's version of the modern family. Three times divorced with five children, Sheen now lives with Natalie Kenley, 24, seen here as a marijuana magazine cover girl, and Rachel Oberlin, 24, also known as Brie Olson, a porn star, and one of many Sheen has a shine for. So let's party. We win so radically in our underwear before our first cup of coffee, it's scary. People say it's lonely at the top, but I sure like the view. Sheen calls them his goddesses, and their exploits have been fodder for print, TV, and online tabloids around the world. They're an international sensation. Um, these are my girlfriends. These are the women that I love that, um, that, have, that have completed the, uh, the three parts of my heart. Natty and Charlie have their own special connection. I have my own connection with Charlie, and then Natty and I also have our own relationship. At one point, she did have to give up custody of the boys because they were just hitting a lot and acting out a lot towards the animals and towards the girls. So Denise had custody of the boys for a while. Yeah, she like did. Legal custody, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. The court gave. So he was ordered to pay 55 to 65,000 a month to Brooke, even though half the time she doesn't have her boys, the boys will stay with her family when she's in rehab wow. or when she is on a bender. Same with, so Denise also had child support as well from him. Obviously some of the jobs after anger management, I think his show dried up and all that. He had, and he did a lot of payoffs um, to hide his HIV status. So he's now kind of hurting for money. Fast forward. I did try to find out where Brooke's boys are because they're in their early teens now. They're like at least 10. I haven't seen any mention of them anywhere. No, the last thing was when she went on that vendor in Hampton in, in Long Island and she was caught on tape trying to do black tar and trying to hook up with dudes in the bathroom. Her Supposedly her boys were in the hotel room at one point. I think she went to, to go to rehab in like 2019. The boys were with her family. But I haven't seen, a, supposedly they're doing fine or whatever, but who knows? I can't even imagine. But he still pays her. So it, how do you just keep paying your baby's mama who's using that money for yeah. drugs anyway? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But Denise definitely needs that money. I know part of her lifestyle, but she has her own job too. She's been on The Real Housewives. She does a lot of TV movies. He went to court. But she has like 5,000 pets to feed. So that... That money could go, yeah. She has like that addiction. So, well, and and I think Aaron's weird too. I think yeah. that they have, I mean, Aaron was with, I think, Nicolette Sheridan. He is. He's a weirdo from what I understand in those circles. And he go, latches on to the sugar. He's a sugar baby or whatever. I would love to be a fly on the wall or a hidden camera, as we say in the business. I can just imagine the weirdness that goes on in that house between the two. Amen. I think so. From what I understand, and I do believe this, I think that the oldest might have gotten a touch of Charlie's mental health stuff going on. And as it ha as as you yeah. do, you know, as some of that can be yes. genetic, who knows again what they've been exposed to environmentally. Again, I think Denise did the best she could. I, I really respect her for what she's done. And then she also adopted a special needs daughter who has had special needs. 
So that's also some resources. That's a lot of pressure in itself. Yeah, exactly. And I think the other children in a way become a caregiver too. When you have a sibling like that, you put in a teenager who's pushing boundaries and doesn't want to have rules and all that. She dropped out of school. Now she's getting her GED with Charlie. Of course, Charlie's like loves his daughter and he doesn't have as much going on now because of his work status. And, you know, he doesn't want to have to keep paying child support. He doesn't have it. He wants to, yeah. at first he was trying to keep some of these court dates quiet because he didn't want Denise to know how much he was paying Brooke Yeah, because she would want the same. I mean, but just like with Kevin Federline, eventually the child support's going to dry up. You're not going to keep getting it. So you have to have a financial plan in place. I don't know what Kevin's going to do because he had like six more kids with his second wife or third wife. He had, he had, you know, it's a, a little side note um, that, that show Naked and Afraid in Love in the Wild. So Char and Kevin's, you know, his first girlfriend or wife, Char, their daughter is on that show. She's like in her twenties. Yeah. I saw all of her lady bits on that show. Well, not all of them because they were pixeled, but yeah, she's on there Ooh. looking for love. Beautiful, beautiful girl, but just uh, weird. Yeah. Choice. So, and then he also said that both daughters are staying, but apparently when she goes out of town to film movies, the second daughter stays with Charlie. So she's like upset saying, well, no, I still have one daughter. The child support shouldn't be all gone. I think she feels you're undermining my parenting because now you have our oldest who has no rules and no structure. God knows what she's up to. Cause if, if you knew some of the living situations exactly. of what he used to have at his house and then party time at dad's house. It's, there's no rules. I do not envy what she's going through trying to co-parent with somebody who you were always like the solid stable parent. And now they're at an age where they can make their own decisions and you have somebody who's drastically parenting different than you. Which- and when things don't go their way, they're like, well, I'm just going to go stay with dad. You know, it's like, yeah. And dad's like, sure. Come on over. And I don't have to pay child support. Sweet. Well, cause like who, who, who's living with him now? There's, he can't be without a woman for more than five seconds. So there's gotta be some mm-hmm. random or multiple yeah, women. Like I hear exactly. him. Oh God. He's too old for a harem. He looks really, really rugged right now. He's starting to look, yeah. he's starting to look rough. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Yeah. So speaking of harem, my last story that I hadn't mentioned it back when we, when it first came in, you have a harem story. <laughs> I want to read, I think a new book came out and I actually want to read it, but I have so many other books I want to read first is that Frank Sinatra, I still think of him as like this little like skinny guy. He likes threesomes. Did you hear about this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he would say to the women, you start and I'll catch up with you. This was the headline. How Frank Sinatra was in the threesomes. Yeah. How Frank Sinatra was in the threesomes and suffered from lack of impulse control that led to four marriages and hundreds of flings, but was still guilty over leaving his first wife and kids. Rejected from military service due to a punctuate drug. He was free to remain stateside, earning huge sums of money. While his millions of fans were forced to count ration stamps and wait online for hours to buy food and gasoline, Sinatra enjoyed the life of a family man. He bought his wife Nancy a beautiful home in New Jersey and showered gifts on his firstborn child, Nancy, the true love of his life. The Sinatras wanted for nothing. They even drove their own Chrysler convertible. But nobody seemed to care. In a country that had lost its men, Frank Sinatra filled the void. 
He was every woman's man. Because you know he had an arrest, I think, for the girls kept my girls saw his mugshot. I, I actually have his mugshot in my bathroom, but they saw his mugshot at the East Alcatraz Museum in Tennessee. That's where they moved the collection, the Crime and Punishment Museum from D.C. out there. What was his mugshot for? Not adultery. It had to do with adultery. He got arrested, but it was like, what? what it's another word for adultery. It was... Scarlet lettered? What happened? What did he do? He just couldn't keep it in his pants? Uh, he was booked for seduction. He was 23 what? years old and the lady was married. Booked for seduction? Yep. Oh my God. My dogs would be in jail nonstop because they're always seducing me. They're so cute. So he was born at 13 and a half pounds. What? Did you what know that? Fuck? Yes. It nearly killed him and his mom. Yeah. Oh my God, 13, was he two when he was born? I mean. Yeah, 13, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think Mia Farrow's son is his son? I don't know, that's, that's, you know, we talked about that a while ago. I don't know. I mean, her genes are pretty strong though. Like if you look at her parents, I can see where he is so blonde and so blue eyed, but he does look an awful lot like Frank Sinatra. But I think at that time she wasn't anywhere around him, was she? At the time Ronan was born. Well, she said that they were hooking up. Oh, she did. That she cheated on. Woody. Who wouldn't cheat on? Oh, God. He's just... And Ronan could be uh, Sinatra's. I don't know. He looks an awful lot like him. But she, on the other hand, does have some strong old, like, Swedish-looking genes. So... So his first wife, Nancy, told the author of this new book that's coming out, he always came back to me so I knew where his heart was. Other pieces of his anatomy are a different story oh, altogether. Gross. That's just like, oh, he had a penis on the run, didn't he? Oh, he did. And then his marriage with Ava Gardner collapsed because she overshadowed him and he felt emasculated because his career was on the skids. That's what I was trying to say about Megan and Harry. Like, does she respect him the same way? Because she he does follow her like. He's outside juggling while she's doing her little birthday. Like after a time, is she going to like that puppy attention? Like that's his only life. Well, yeah. I mean, he's not experienced in producing. Um, His career was service and military. And now that he doesn't have that, I mean, now we're back on them again. I don't know. I just think after a while, it, they don't figure out a balance between like, okay, this is the path we're going to take. We're going to go straight for production and anything to do with entertainment. That's the path we're going to take. If they just keep on trying everything, he's got to, he's going to get tired of that. I'm sure she will never get tired of it. She's a go-getter. She's an Erica Jane of the Sussex empire. Chill, darling. He's very much Mia. Uh, in terms of his porcelain skin and blonde hair and intensity of the eyes. But he's not exactly the spitting image of Woody Allen, the man the world thought was his biological father, until today. With one word in a bombshell Vanity Fair interview with Maureen Orth, Farrow unleashed a tidal wave of speculation. I just asked me a point blank, is Ronan Frank Sinatra's son. And so what was her answer when you asked her face-to-face? She said, possibly. He does, in fact, bear more than a passing resemblance to old blue eyes, Frank Sinatra, and it goes beyond his looks. He was singing a Stephen Sondheim song. It was just the way he moved, the way he sort of was at ease and the way he sort of threw the phrases out there. And I thought, wow, you know, this is pretty professional sounding and it 
isn't that far away. Like a naturally gifted, genetically yeah. gifted singer. <laughs> Sinatra, the man Pharaoh calls the love of her life, was one of the most glamorous stars of his day, behind some of the most iconic songs of his generation. When they met, Mia was the 19-year-old star of Peyton Place. You make it sound so casual. And he was 30 years her elder. After just a year and a half of marriage, Sinatra famously served Pharaoh divorce papers while she was shooting Rosemary's Baby. But the love affair reportedly didn't end there. She and Frank had never really completely broken up, that they had remained close throughout the years on and off, and that I asked her, is he the great love of your life? And she said yes. They were so close that Ronan was treated like family by the Sinatras. I also did email Nancy Sinatra Jr., and she was very forthcoming in how much they love Ronan and consider him a member of the family. And he told me that his uh, that Nancy Sinatra Sr., cooked for him and fussed over him and I really do think they do consider him a member of their family. Of course, Woody Allen was the other legendary man in Mia's love life. Over the course of 12 years, they raised a brood of children together, but only one, Ronan, was thought to be his biological child. She was his artistic muse in more than a dozen films, including Oscar-winning classics like Hannah and Her Sisters. Holly and her friend made them. Fantastic. That collaboration came crashing down during the filming of Husbands and Wives. I thought it was a good idea to have a baby. It's such a good idea. Why? That's when Mia discovered lewd Polaroids of her adopted daughter, Sun Yi, on Woody's fireplace mantle. The scandal became a prolonged tabloid obsession. And in the midst of the storm, Mia went back on the set of Husbands and Wives to film her final scene. The breakup hit the entire family hard. Pharaoh had already raised nine biological and adopted children, many with severe disabilities, who, according to Orth, were all deeply affected. The Sunyi revelations were absolutely devastating to this family, according to the eight children I spoke to. Not a single one said it was anything less than utterly shocking, because here he was the de facto dad in the family for a long, long time. And so the fact that Suddenly, their sister was sort of betrayed the mother and ran off with Woody, and he didn't act like anything had gone wrong. Ronan was just four years old at the time and always had a difficult relationship with the famed auteur. Ronan and Woody seemed to have always to have been like oil and water. Ronan turned out to be a highly gifted prodigy. Ronan went to college when he was 11 years old, and Mia drove him every day to Bard College, which was 90 minutes each way. And uh, she told me that she herself got a college education because he was so excited about going to school that he would tell her the whole, uh, everything that he had learned during the day on the way home. He went on to graduate Yale Law School at 21 and won a prestigious Rhodes Scholarship. But 20 years after Mia discovered Woody's relationship with Sunyi, Ronan remains estranged from Woody, who eventually married Ronan's adoptive sister. Last year, Ronan tweeted, Happy Father's Day, or as they call it in my family, Happy Brother-in-Law's Day. And Mia retweeted with the simple word, boom. Ronan and Mia are in fact extremely close and travel the globe to crusade for humanitarian causes together. As to the identity of his father, Ronan responded to the Vanity Fair article today with a wink. Listen, he wrote, we're all possibly Frank Sinatra's son.
still too early to go to Tiffany's. I guess the next best thing is a drink. I will never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. me again and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on instagram twitter and facebook at miss intrigue pod follow us on pinterest and flipboard where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty chronicles of interesting events in history and of course true crime lastly check out our youtube channel because everyone has one right That features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out MissDeedsAndIntriguePodcast.com. But we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast hosts or guest co-hosts are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie, Misdeeds, or Intrigue Podcast, or Larissa have been, am now, or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only, and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue Podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites, and or from YouTube, or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.